How Trump got me banned from TikTok. Self-defense, self-awareness, self-development. This is the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Hello and welcome to the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. The Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore is a production of TheMartialist.com and PhilElmore.net. No, that's not right. It's PhilElmore.com and TheMartialist.net. I am your host, the aforementioned Phil Elmore. Let's see how many times I can say my name in the opening. I come to you today as someone who has suffered a loss. The tragic loss of a newly viral TikTok account. That's precisely why I lost the account. Now, I've always known that all social media is sandcastles at low tide. There is no social media account that you own that cannot be taken from you. Thus, people who invest too much of their identity in these platforms are setting themselves up for a spectacular failure when they lose the thing in which they have put so much time and energy. This is part of why social media is built on fraud. And by that I mean the big tech social media companies became the public square through fraud. They presented themselves as a neutral platform where everyone would have access, uh, a sort of public accommodation. And yet, inwardly, they knew and slowly executed a philosophy wherein more and more they editorially control and produce and choose what to publish. In other words, they exercise editorial control over not the legal or illegal content on their platforms by applying the law equally, but by rendering one side of every political issue invalid. So it is fraud to claim that you offer public accommodation, but then remove from your platform anyone who is a Republican. That is essentially what you are doing when you are Facebook or Instagram or TikTok. Um, But as bad as all of the major big tech platforms are, Google and Facebook and um, Twitter, uh, which is just a just a liberal cesspit, just a left-wing bubble of self-reinforcing uh, uh, echo chambering. <laughs> as bad as those platforms are, TikTok is worse. And that's because while the people who run big tech are themselves communists of a stripe, they're not the totalitarian Chinese communists. And the totalitarian Chinese communists, they're really bad. Now, TikTok is an engine of addiction. I knew this when I put it on my phone. I discovered TikTok through my girlfriend, who used to enjoy watching it, and then I discovered that I enjoyed watching it. Then I discovered that a huge percentage of the videos on TikTok were scantily clad young women dancing. I'm not going to say that was a discouraging factor. Um... But there was a lot to be said for TikTok because that's where a lot of traffic is. All of the major uh, social media platforms right now are trying to compete with TikTok. Um, Instagram introduced Reels, which is the same short format, short attention span video theater where you don't necessarily follow these accounts. They're served up to you algorithmically. Um, They introduced that to compete with TikTok. YouTube introduced Shorts. It's exactly the same thing. It is intended to catch the short attention span theater folks it goes and serves up video to people who don't follow you necessarily. Um, and it's a great way to get eyes on your content and expand your channel's reach and develop your following. 
So that's what I did with TikTok. And I was actually having fantastic success. It's actually, in my opinion, probably easier to build a following on TikTok than any other platform right now in terms of speed. And I can only use my own experience to compare to, but I've seen other people who seem to grow quite rapidly in the same environment. And uh, I, I was proud of the fact that I had almost no community violations. It only ever happened to me twice, many, many months apart, and both times it was because TikTok will not allow you to show the blade of a knife. Like, the second the knife is visible, you're done. Now, I, I know some friends who are instructors who do, like, FMA-type stuff on TikTok, and a, a lot of their videos do stay up. I have another friend who makes brass knuckles. He was constantly getting dinged for community violations, you know, and then getting temporary bans. But I didn't do any of that. What I did was start to expand my channel in a way that was happening rapidly. I was using the platform to my advantage, and I was mining everything from memes to politics in order to push that growth. And for every five that didn't hit, there would be one that got tens of thousands of plays, uh, and it was working. And I was doing a lot of support for Republicans, as you can imagine, which probably put me on their radar, if for no other reason than that the Chinese communists know that Democrats are good for them and Republicans are bad for them. Um, as much as the Democrats like to point and scream and, and shout everyone they don't like as a Russian bot, etc., etc., it is a fact that China has been helped immensely through the actions of Democrats. From, you know, the Clintons giving them, uh, what was it, ballistic missile technology? Some kind of technology uh, that was bad for us. From that to the fact that Joe Biden for many, many years has been an advocate for a growing China. He's been of the belief that the stronger China gets, the better off we all are. Um, our foreign policy is weak. The Chinese know this, and they know the worst thing that could possibly happen to them would be for Democrats to lose control of the American government, because then something like sanity might be restored. So probably doing lots and lots of videos in which I tagged MAGA Republicans and, you know, MAGA and, and, and Republicans of TikTok, that was probably, that probably set me up. But... What put me over, and I mean without, with almost no community guideline strikes on my account, what just immediately vanished my account without the possibility of appeal, you're just, I log in, you know, yesterday it was fine, I log in today, and I've been logged out, and when I try to log in, your account no longer exists. What put me over, I swear, had to be this. If you're listening to this podcast, I am holding up the Trump Buddha figurine that I bought off Wish for four bucks. It took a while for Trump Buddha to come in. He is not the best likeness of Trump. He, he either looks like Alec Baldwin pretending to be Trump or maybe even a little bit of Boris Yeltsin. You kind of have to squint your eye a little bit for him to really look like Trump. But it, it is, I kid you not, a gigantic figurine of Trump as Buddha, you know, sitting in, in you know, the cross-leg lotus position, meditating, and it's Trump. This one is sort of Trump-ish. But I posted, the last thing I posted on TikTok was a video of the Trump Buddha. And that's it. That's all it took. I was unpersoned from TikTok immediately. Now, I, uh, I take a little bit of pride 
in being the sort of person that the totalitarian Chinese communists don't want around. I was really fighting the cognitive dissonance of knowing that TikTok is essentially a Chinese spy app, knowing that the Chinese government does nothing good, knowing that they regularly abuse their technology. But I thought to myself, well, what are they going to get off my phone that's going to hurt me? You know, what can the Chinese do with my facial recognition data, for example? Like, I'm not really worried. I used to tell myself, there's not much they can do. And I know that this app is designed to addict us and make us stupid. It's also helping to propagate mental illness among young people in the United States. But that's not primarily TikTok's fault or purpose. That's just the fact that because it's the one of the more popular apps among young people, they're going to spread their mental illness trends wherever it is that they congregate. You know, all of these people claiming to have, what's the term for it now? Uh, disassociative identity disorder, something we used to call multiple personality disorder way back when. I actually read about, um, I read the book, The Minds of Billy Milligan, many, many years ago when I was a teenager. And for whatever reason, I really got into that book and I read it more than once. Not because I thought dissociative identity disorder was cool, but because it was just interesting to me. It was an interesting story. And uh, I had no reason not to believe Billy Milligan's story. I know that since that time, there's been an incredibly dull Netflix 20,000-part documentary on the minds of Billy Milligan uh, trying to cash in on that because somebody at Netflix is just digging through that true crime slush pile trying to figure out what they can do cheaply that will draw eyes to the platform. Um, but anyway, uh, the... The idea that multiple personality disorder or whatever we call it now exists or could was alleged to have exist, that's not new to me. But it's clear that there's all these people pretending to have mental disorders they don't have, and a lot of them do it on TikTok. TikTok is also a great way for the leftists to out themselves. The Libs of TikTok account has done so much by just reposting and, and amplifying the signal thereof of crazy people saying crazy things because... All these people doing wrong, they seem possessed by the compulsion to tell you about it. So all of these people on TikTok, they're not doing themselves any favor, favors. And, uh, you know, this is an algorithm designed to addict you, designed to serve up what you will find most addictive, designed to keep you on the app, even though periodically they'll throw up some video that's like, hey, you've been scrolling for a while. Maybe you should take a break. I mean, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, not very believable, but all right. So <clears throat> knowing that the, the Chinese spy masters, the, the masters of propaganda, the folks who put out videos on TikTok that, that you know, are supposedly average Chinese citizens showing you their luxury apartments and claiming that everyone in China lives like this, um, or the street fashion videos where beautiful people in bizarre costumes are walking the runway that is downtown China in the city of, I don't know, China. Like, oh yeah, that, that's how it is there. That's If you go to China, that's what you'll see, rather than a smog-choked, dystopian, Blade Runner-style hellscape where everyone is under the boot of their social credit system and their all-powerful government and their emperor who looks like Winnie the Pooh, but if you say he looks like Winnie the Pooh, you'll get disappeared to a labor camp. So anyway, <clears throat> having the decision not to be on TikTok taken out of my hands was liberating because now I no longer have to feel that cognitive dissonance, especially because since the account was just starting to go viral and I was seeing some real success there, 
I was really reluctant to give it up. So Trump Buddha has, has delivered me from the Chinese. You might say that Trump overall is designed to deliver you from the Chinese. So Trump Buddha in all his manifestations has delivered me from the Chinese communists and removed the temptation that is uh, dallying upon their platform of, of banality and terrible political takes and debauchery in the form of 19 and 20 year old girls dancing with half their clothes off. That, that's the other thing that always got me. When my, I, I posted a video response to someone talking about keeping a knife between the mattress and the box spring. And I said, no, don't do that. For one thing, that's the stupidest place to put a knife. Mount the knife under furniture next to the bed, like under an end table. Most knife sheaths have grommet holes you can use for this purpose. You just get some wood screws and you mount the sheath, you know, like a, a Kydex or plastic sheath is perfect for this. You mount it underneath the end table, the, the night table, whatever it is you got next to your bed. It's out of sight. It's completely accessible. Neat, clean, no fuss, no muss. So I posted a video about this. Three minutes was all it took for them to automatically yank it down because I showed the knife. Now, I don't know if they knew based on hashtags that were in the video because I, I tagged like home invasion and self-defense tips. I don't know. Somehow they knew. <laughs> Meanwhile, right before I discovered that my video had been yanked down, I had just gotten done seeing a video of two young women wearing almost nothing with their breasts pressed together. Uh, first, they were practically making out like that. Then they separated slightly and bounced up and down for the camera. And all of that is perfectly okay on TikTok. And, and there's, of course, no age controls. If your child, who's 14 or 15, is watching TikTok, that's what they're seeing. And I guarantee you, if you have a 14, 15-year-old boy, he's using TikTok for purposes that are impure. Because 14 and 15-year-old boys... It doesn't take much to get them going. Now, I realize that the average kid grows up now with hot and cold running pornography pouring out of his his bedroom faucets, basically. You know, if you've got the internet, you've got a phone, you've got a computer, you've got a laptop, you've got a tablet, it's not far away. It's easy to get to. The age controls are a joke. All you got to do is lie and click something and you're in. So it's of all the things that a kid could possibly be exposed to, the stuff that's on TikTok, eh, not that bad. And there's bad stuff on YouTube, too. Um, my nephew was watching something truly bizarre, and I think the video was intended to appeal to young people in a way that was not, not a good thing. Um, so, I don't know. I, I'm just not sure. I, I do not know. I'm sorry, I drifted off there because I was just remembering, like, I saw the video, I mentioned it to my, my brother, and I was like, hey, I don't know if you want him watching that. And when he saw it, he was like, nope. It was just weird and kind of skeevy, and there's a lot of that stuff on YouTube. It's been the source of a number of scandals. Um, so, so, yeah, Trump Buddha got me banned from TikTok, and TikTok is a bad thing. And all social media is really, it's run by corrupt people. It's kind of like our government. The government's corrupt, the social media is corrupt, the public square is hopelessly enthralled to Democrats. It kind of makes you wonder, what's the average guy to do? Well, the average guy, or gal, really all you can do is just your best. Use the platforms that are available to you, you'll either develop an audience or you won't. I mean, anytime I publish a book on Amazon, I'm fully aware that they can just digitally ban me anytime they want. 
People talk about book banning and they don't understand it. They think that if I say this book is inappropriate for a school children's library, that that's book banning. It's not. It's when Amazon decides that you can't have access to the single largest book market on the planet. The book market that makes you exist as an author and without which you essentially don't. Book banning is when that market says, we don't want you on here because of your politics, which has happened to more than one person. <coughs> so I, I will continue on. There's so many, there's a number of minor alt tech platforms that I could make use of. Um, I, I got to give the folks at Gab credit because while they've been smeared left and right as some sort of haven for the worst political opinions known to man, the guy who runs Gab really is just devoted to free speech, and he's trying very hard to develop a parallel economy, a parallel network of social media services, um, everything from a phone to a payment system. Um, you know, I, I give them a lot of credit. Uh, Trump really screwed up by trying to go with Parler, or I think he was planning to join Parler, and that's why Big Tech had to destroy Parler, and now no one cares about Parler. They lost their momentum. Uh, True Social, from what I can tell, not really going anywhere. Um, the MyPillow guy created a social network that doesn't have any social networking features. There's no way to actually interact with anybody there. I don't get it. And I like Mike Lindell's pillows. Like, I have two MyPillows. They're the best pillows I've ever owned. They're the only ones I've ever owned that don't go flat. They're not kidding you when they tell you that. Every pillow I've ever bought eventually f goes flat, and I hate that because I need my head elevated a little bit so I can breathe properly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, good product. But, but Mike, what were you thinking when you created a social network that doesn't network? I don't get it. So, yeah, I could, if I really needed to be on social media, I could spend my time on a variety of alt-tech platforms. That's not where the people are. Eventually, when enough of us get banned through this curious consumer model where most tech companies seem to exist to tell you you can't use them, when enough of us get banned from those to go to the alt-tech, maybe we'll all gather together over there. But, you know, I've tried to make a go of it several times, and it's just not in me. You know, I end up gravitating back to the ones where people are, Facebook and uh, Instagram. I, I haven't, I don't use Twitter much because Twitter's really wretched. They really don't care if you're, you know, you, if you're a left-winger, you can make as many threats as you want. They won't stop you. If you're a right-winger, all you have to do is look crosswise at somebody who, you know, is a left-winger and reports you, and then you're locked out of your account. Um... So, really, rather than spending time on social media, I should be writing books, publishing those books, and then using the social media just to tell people about those books while I have time. And recently, I did just that. I, uh, back in 2005, I published a pamphlet called Be a Marshallist, which was longer than I realized. Um, it's a it's what I would call full length for a nonfiction uh, like self help type book. Those can range anywhere from ten to twenty thousand words, and this was, you know, probably closer to twenty. And when I wrote that pamphlet, I just set it up to print it on eight and a half by eleven paper that is then folded and stapled down the spine. I actually have a side saddle stapler for that purpose. Um, so I, I made some physical copies of that book booklet, we'll call it. Uh, and it's all about the philosophy of martialism. I started my website, The Martialist. It was an e-zine, or zine, what the kids used to call it back then. And uh, it was just, a, you know, an attempt to 
bring self-defense information to people on a monthly basis. I originally had like a subscription model and I would do PDF content that went to the subscribers and there was free content as well on the website. And then eventually I just moved over to the website housing the articles there and I stopped doing the subscription thing because it was a lot of work and it wasn't producing a lot of money. Plus, you know, social media being what it is, that was growing and there was really no need for that old newsletter style approach. But uh, in there, I created this pamphlet really really a long booklet that detailed the philosophy of martialism the moral authority for self-defense what i think about how you should live your life how living dynamically and assertively changed my life and can change yours and i know for a fact that it does change lives because i got the most terrifying phone call i've ever received and it was a guy who said fillmore like yes I'm divorced because of you. And I was like, uh-oh, what have I done? Turns out him being divorced was a good thing. My writing on becoming assertive, on standing up for yourself, on because self-defense is sort of physically standing up for yourself, physically asserting your, your boundaries in terms of your life and your being. But there's a mental component. There's an emotional component. And when you defend yourself in all realms, you're living dynamically and assertively. That's very different than going along to get along, what I like to call the glorious path of least resistance. And in this case, this guy started standing up for himself. <clears throat> and as always happens, that had consequences. I, I spoke about this in a video, in a few videos actually, uh, some of which are now lost forever because they were on TikTok. Oh. <laughs> and uh, I recently learned that a guy that I hadn't thought about in years, still to this day talks about me and speaks ill of me as if we've had recent interaction when we have not. Uh, by that I mean that this was t more than 20 years ago, probably. Uh, more than that, yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, we were friends, and while he considers himself God's gift to self-defense and a self-defense expert on the internet, I eventually had the nagging tendency to have my own opinion about things based on my continued experience and training in this field. And my opinion started to become a problem for him because there were times when I didn't agree with him. And so, you know, for instance, something as simple as whether or not a martial art that I was actually studying was actually of value. And he and his one friend in the world tried first surreptitiously to take me down a peg by sending me anonymous hate mail to hopefully discourage me. I don't know how screwed up you have to be to do that to somebody, but that's what they did. When I continued to not be discouraged, even to be emboldened by these types of hate mail, the friend actually broke down and admitted that he was the one that sent them because I was getting out of line by having my own opinions. And how, how dare I disagree with these two titans of self-defense? How dare I have my own opinions? And uh, so finally, I just told them both to go after themselves, and, and they've hated me ever since. But here's the thing. I moved on with my life and went on to keep doing things. I started making a living from like the self-defense world and my writing in it. I've made a living off my work in this field for a long time now. I can't tell you how many thousands of dollars over the last 20 years I have made just writing about self-defense the list of publications that i've had articles in is as long as my arm and that doesn't that's not what pays the bills so 
they went on to accomplish nothing, these two guys. Nothing. Except one of them has this weird cult online where you too can become a fully-fledged member and you'll even get a nickname um, that goes with your fully-fledged membership in this weird online cult. <laughs> Good luck! But uh, apart from that, neither one of these guys ever accomplished anything in life. And they're still mad at me. And to my ability to sort of endure that, move past it, forget about them, and then be surprised by their continued hatred, I would attribute that to living assertively. I think it's part of the lifestyle. And, uh, you know, while these two mentally weak cowards continue on hating someone who has nothing to do with them and whose success in life has no bearing on them, I'm just living my life. Uh, and I was astonished. I got, someone made a comment on my YouTube channel, like, oh, I thought so-and-so was your only hater. And I'm like, that guy still knows I'm alive? And then another friend independently confirmed this for me and confirmed about the cult thing. He's like, oh, yeah, I got, I got fully, fully named in the, in the cult. I'm like, really? <laughs> oh, boy. And we had a good laugh about that. And, uh, yeah, he, he, uh, he confirmed that this guy still talks smack about me. And I can't imagine why. Like, like, what is wrong with you that you're still trapped? And it was a lot like when I found out that the owner of Bullshito, the, the forum that used to be McDojo when it started, that he was still aware of me. It's like, dude, it's not 2006 anymore. You can move on. It's okay to stop thinking about me. I'm doing fine. I mean, yeah, I'm older and balder than I used to be. Um, but, you know, not even COVID has managed to kill me yet. So we're all just doing the best we can. But uh, I guess if this podcast has a lesson to it, sort of something to tie everything together, it's that the people who hate you tend to run together. They tend to form a unit. They tend to be like-minded. You really can tell a lot about yourself by the quality of your enemies, by their nature, by their character. There are a lot of people in the world who, if they liked me and said nice things about me, I would be disturbed by that. And I think I'm proud that everyone from the Chinese uh, totalitarian communists and their tech overlords, um, I'm proud that they don't like me. I'm proud that these two guys that I knew so many years ago who think they're such self-defense geniuses and who really aren't and who've never accomplished anything in life, I'm proud that they don't like me. And, you know, the various people, I don't have a lot of enemies, but I do have a few. And I'm proud that they don't like me. Because if they did, I'd be worried. <laughs> it would be time to really take a long, hard, introspective look at what I'm doing wrong. As it is, it's affirmation. And I can only think that I have Trump Buddha to thank for it. So, I'm going to leave it there, but if I can leave you with just one final thought, make the right enemies. Be remembered. Keep doing what you're doing. Move forward towards the danger. And if you get a chance, check out Be a Marshallist on Amazon. It's available in paperback and Kindle. Um... The Kindle formatting is mostly okay. There was a couple of little weird idiosyncrasies in there, but really, I hope you buy the paperback. That's why I did it. 
<coughs> so that you can print this out and have it with you. It's five by eight, so it's nice and small, pocket-sized, if you will. Um, just buy, be a commercialist, read the philosophy. There's a lot in there um, that would help, you know, help kind of galvanize your mind to live assertively and to live in a self-defense mindset. I hope you find it helpful. All right, this has been the Martial Arts Podcast. I have been Phil Elmore, your host. Until next time, pretend I said something cool here. This has been the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Visit us online at linktree slash Elmore.